ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary. It's time for the podcast. I'm leaning forward to say thanks, patrons, and uh, making sure you have your uh, patron RSS. If you're listening to this uh, through an email or on the Patreon website or uh, on the Patreon app, uh, Patreon app's a great place to consume the podcast episodes. The podcasts are really designed to be consumed in a podcasting app. It's just where it's easiest to, for the consumer, for for the listener. Uh, so please, if you haven't set it up, I just want to make it easier for you to access all your uh, everything you uh, you get. If you have any kind of smartphone, phone, or a tablet, or uh, something like that, uh, make sure you have access to your Patreon feed. And you really don't have to do anything. Just go to support.patreon.com and, and let Patreon uh, walk you through it. Uh, and there's no nothing to be nervous about or anything. This is a, a part of why I chose Patreon as their support team. So just go to support.patreon.com or email me, dearestscooter at gmail. Or there's a lot of great help in the listener Facebook group. Uh, and uh, get that set up. It'll just be so much easier. And that's what I want is uh, so you have access uh, to the content you're supporting. Uh, thanks uh, so much. Uh, hey, all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, uh, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place uh, where you could set aside uh, whatever's keeping you awake, uh, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations, uh, travel, you know, visitors, uh, like uh, changes in temperature, time, whatever the frick it is. Uh, even like, like, uh, like uh, frick, I don't even know. I think frick is the thing. What's that stuff called? Oh, it's Crunch and Munch. <laughs> what that has to do? I was going to try, like, it, it, first I pictured Watson and Crick. That was the first image that popped in my head. Then Caramel Corn. Uh, Crunch and Munch. There's another one. Uh, toffee, nut and Toffee or something. Or maybe that's just a flavor of Crunch and Munch. Uh, isn't there another one? Nutty, nutty Buddy? Oh, that was my that was one of my, my imaginary best friends. Anyway, uh, if you're new, let, let me get back to that crunch and munch discussion. If you're new here, uh, welcome to Sleep with Me podcast, which is sleep. Believe it or not, it's a. Uh, uh, let's see, what was I talking about? I'm gonna create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake. I'm gonna send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm gonna use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, uh, pointless meanders. I think you just caught a couple of them. Uh, uh, you know, you know, when you put stuff in your garage or your, your uh, closet or whatever attic or basement, and then you find it years later and you say, what the, what the heck is it? I bought it. Like, that's what my brain's like 24 seven. You say crunching much. I forgot all about that poppycock. That's the other one. I knew there was another one. Ooh, that's a tough one for great podcast words. Poppycock, uh. Or Crunch and Munch. Those are both, maybe those were, they were both invented by sleep podcasters. How about we work poppycock back into the lexicon? I realize it's got that, you know, word at the end, but you picture like a caramel covered rooster anyway. Uh, But it's just so funny. Like, uh, I think it mostly, I picture someone with one of those, uh, like one of those eye spectacle things and, uh, a cigarette on a thing like a holder and they're saying oh poppycock usually aristocratic of course uh, uh but i'd like to see hear someone like bill burr or somebody say poppycock you know that's a load of poppycock i don't know what poppycock is either i'll have to look that up uh i would assume i guess it was taken by the caramel corn company and somehow my podcast intro, uh, by the way, uh, this podcast intro is sponsored by Toffee and Caramel Corn. Uh, get it? Well, I get you. Uh, toffee and Caramel Corn uh, uh, by uh, Poppycock um, Crunch and Munch Industries Affiliated. Uh, caramel Corn, it's the corn for you. Uh, anyway, okay, I'm back. Uh, so if you're new... Uh, my semi-voice across the deep dark night. I'm here to keep you company in 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 the evening. 
Uh, this is a podcast. I think you figured it out. You don't really need to listen to it. It's here. It's kind of like a more engaging than noise, ideally. But kind of like when you picture those people out, like listening to outer space and they like hear a noise, they say, what the heck was that? Was that just a static? Uh, was that just a random space noise or was that something? Did Scoot say something that made any sense or was it total? Uh, was that just gobbledygook? There you go. There's another one. Uh, let's like, uh, hey, uh, what's the one with the kid on the front from uh, the 1950s? Uh, Chuck and Chuck and Barrel. What was that one called? Uh, Oh, Cracker Jack. How about that? Uh, gobbledygook. Because sometimes if you like, it can make you it, like it's the best kind of gobble, gobbledygook. Uh, the newest caramel corn in our caramel corn family. Caramel corn industry affiliated. Uh, I'm here to introduce gobbledygook. Uh, but so I'm going to like, you don't need to listen to me because I'm here to keep and, and also you, you shouldn't feel any pressure to fall asleep. Uh, I'm not even here really to put you to sleep. I'm here to keep you company while you fall asleep. I'll be here at least an hour. So take your time and even take your time getting to know the podcast. If you look at, I don't know, on Apple Podcasts, like we're lucky enough to have like a thousand something reviews, maybe even more like 1400 or something that people have taken the time to write. And I really appreciate that. And almost all of them, well, no, not, not all. Yeah, I'd say almost all of them, the majority of them. I say the first couple of times I didn't know what I was listening to. And then I kind of started falling asleep. There's some people on both other ends that say I fall, start falling asleep right away. And then there's people on the other end that said, well, I immediately loathed this thing and this person that make make it. And that's fine. That's, uh, but in the middle there, a lot of people said it took two or three times to get used to this. Cause it is different. It's a little bit strange. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's a load of poppycock and gobbledygook. Uh, and something's been crunching and munching in my gray matter. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so so podcast you don't need to listen to. Sleep podcast that isn't here to pressure you or even put you to sleep. I'm here to accompany you across the threshold from wake to sleep into the arms of Morpheus. And if Morpheus is crunching on anything, it'll be our new silent version of gobbledygook. Uh, it ha- it has the munch, but it doesn't have the crunch. Uh, we're still working. I mean, we're working on some of this stuff. Uh, okay, so if you're new, those are the two things I think I needed to cover. Uh, I don't know why I started thinking of crunch and munch. I mean, and I'm sorry I did to bring this up. And, and then once my brain gets stuck on uh, uh, something so sticky like these things. Uh, but I guess we could talk about poppycock. Uh, out of all those words, I don't know, crunch and munch it sounds pretty good. And, but, but poppycock, uh, I guess, like, was poppycock like a kind of rooster that aristocrats used to have? Uh, or a rooster that you would dress, if you're aristocrat, uh, aristocrat, uh, obviously an aristocrat and a, poppy, a poppycock or a rooster probably wouldn't get along too well. Uh, but, uh. I guess like, you know, I guess that was like the early stages of Instagram in the 18 aughts or whatever. They'd say, yep, they'd say, uh, I don't think Jones is a very aristocratic name, but let's just say it is. Uh, Monsieur Jones, uh, like, uh, did you dress up your chicken again? Oh, yes, no, it's a rooster, dear, dear, dear Jeeves. Uh, And yes, I dressed it up for Halloween. they come by the house and see old poppycock. Uh, and then they'd be at the party and say, like, just like Instagram, they say, holy cow, like, mother, mother, what's that, mother? Well, I, I, we've got to get a poppycock of our own. Well, no house today is, uh, you know, you can't say you live in the Gilded Age without your own poppycock. Uh, you say, okay, what? You say, yeah, oh, uh, it's it's a rooster. Uh, like an elegant rooster dressed up as a, well, this year we dressed up, dressed up poppycock up as a kitty cat. Uh, it's so funny. Look at it. It, uh, it doesn't look anything like a cat, but it does. It's still cute. I mean, when I get off of here, I'm going to Google what poppycock is. I'll probably be embarrassed. It'll be some friggin' offensive thing. And I say, darn, you had to re-record an intro. Also, uh, this is a, like a general Star Trek issue is that I've never Googled before. 
but I do talk about like, and also I don't even, not even positive what colloquial colloquialism means. Uh, but they say, you know, when they say things like bottom of the ninth, uh, knock it out of the park, poppycock would be another one that I would like to hear on a Star Trek. I, I'm trying to think, uh, who would, I couldn't hear Lorca saying this is poppycock, but I think he probably will when he finds out that we're probably not going to be doing any more discovery episodes. You know, maybe down the road when they're on a, um, a more mainstream streaming service that has a, like a wider uh, acceptance rate, rate. And I know how this is. And then I say, okay, this season really did pay off. And Lorcan might say, well, that's a bunch of poppycock. I say, well, I'm sorry about that, uh, uh, Gabri- Gab- Gabrielle. That's kind of an aristocratic name, if you don't mind me saying. Uh, he said, well, that's a load of poppy. I say, well, it's like I'm a load of gobbledygook, so like I understand where you're coming from. Uh, so anyway, whatever poppycock means, I'll just apologize for not knowing. Other than picture, I mean, it means that we know what it means. Uh, it means that value in caramel corn. Uh, we've taken, maybe that is, maybe it's a like, what do you call that when your company has three strategies? Like you have your, what's the first one called? Cracker Jack. That comes with a... a a toy in giant quotes, a friggin' uh, tattoo, like a like one tattoo or one sticker nowadays. And then you have a crunch and munch, uh, which uh, like uh, th- that's uh, more of a mainstream Cracker Jack, more for kids. And like Cracker Jack's a little bit more on the caramel, like crunch and munch is definitely more on the toffee side. And then I guess on the high end, you got poppycock, which probably has like a, like almonds or something in there. Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe that was something I just dreamed of. Uh, they say, well, one day, I, what do you plan on doing when you grow up, Scoots? Well, I'm, I'm been, you know, naming uh, snack products. Uh, gobbledygook, no takers on that one, but I'm pretty sure I sold poppycock. Uh, I'm 99% positive that's the name for caramel corn now, but I don't know what it means. So anyway, if you are a linguist, uh, you know, all I'm glad you're here. Uh, I hope I can help you fall asleep. Uh, whether you're not, whether you're, whether you're a caramel corn enthusiast or not, sorry. Uh, uh, you know, like, uh, I'm just here to, uh, get confused in for your amusement, uh, your mild, mild amusement. In reality, I'm really here to take your mind off stuff because I believe you deserve a good night's sleep. I know what a hassle it is to be tossing and turning, to wake up in the middle of the night, uh, to not be able to fall back asleep. Uh, I've been there, and I want to help, and this is just a way I attempt to help. uh, So I hope this podcast can work for you. I appreciate you testing it out. Uh, Thank you for coming by. I work hard and I yearn to help you fall asleep. All right, let's keep the show going. Uh, hey, we were talking about episode five, uh, uh, choose your pun. And it opens, uh, with a dream sequence with fisheye stuff. Uh, and, uh, we see there's like kind of like a filter where the sides of the screen are kind of fuzzy. I forget what that's called. Uh, I don't know, like it, it, like if you if you use like one of the camera filter things, uh, it's not verte. Uh, I can't remember, but uh, it's a cool filter when you don't take a good picture. Like you want to blur the sides to make the picture look good. Uh, but we see this kind of sequence. You say, "Hmm, is this a dream sequence?" Because the camera's floating around the ship, uh, and then we see Burnham, and uh, she's at a like a science like computer station. And then she's looking at Burnham, though mine says zoom to burlap, looking at Burnham uh, with my handwriting. And uh, Burnham's looking over at Burnham. She's like one Burnham is at the computer. The other one is in the uh, in Heimlich's position within the uh, sport chamber. And uh, like uh, then uh, Burnham's kind of like... like, okay, let's go. And then the Burnham that's in the sport chamber says, I don't want to go fast. I don't like that. Neither does Heimlich. Uh, and Burnham goes, we got to go fast anyway. And then Heimlich says, no, I don't like Burnham. Heimlich says, no, then Heimlich says, no. And then Burnham wakes up uh, and we see, okay, it definitely is a dream sequence. Tilly's sound asleep. 
Uh, also, Burnham sleeps on her back, which was interesting. And uh, th- what we see at the end of the episode is that Burnham, there are standard issue PJs, because I didn't notice it till this watch through that Burnham and Tilly have the same PJs, uh, pajamas that we see at the end of the episode. Oh, then Burnham's meeting with Dr. Culber, who has unbelievably perfect hair. His hair is so perfect, uh, like not a, like a, it's, he has perfect hair. And she says, I don't like, uh, like, I think Heimlich's stress from all this moving. They call it a tardigrade. I call it Heimlich. And the doctor says, you're probably right. Let's do some tests on it. But it doesn't look great. Uh, then we see a space station. And Lork is giving a presentation. And the good news about the presentation is, like, uh, they're bringing manufacturing back to the U.S. Uh, uh, back in Iowa, Jefferson, Iowa, they're going to manufacture uh, Spore traveling tech, spore drives. Uh, so that's a win for everybody. But then, every, like they say, listen, really the meeting is because you can't it'd be gallivanting in this ship, uh, Lorca, because this is the only version of this technology we have. Uh, and we got to find more tardigrades or Heimlichs. Uh, they say you're grounded. He goes, he goes, a captain gallivants. That's the definition. And he goes, I'm going to continue to, to gallivant. And they kind of don't say, like, I was like, uh, this is the most critical. They go, this is like a warp and cloak combined. Uh, and they know about you. So they're on the lookout. He goes, oh, no, no, I'm a hero. Uh, uh, like, I know what I'm doing and I'm going to be heroic. Uh, and he's like, basically, I'm the only thing standing between you and the Klingons. Uh, and I said, like, uh, I don't know when uh, a chain of command must have got lost stricter after this season in Starfleet. But uh, then we have a great scene with Tilly and uh, Burnham. She sits down. She says, hey, roommate, you look awful. And Burnham's a little distracted. And uh, Tilly has another great line. She goes, we are going to totally have lunch. And I mean it. Uh, she says, geez, I'm out of sorts. It's not you. It's me. Until he goes, no, that's what everybody says to me. And she, like, Burnham says, I mean it. Uh, she goes, I'm just worried about Heimlich. Uh, you know, I'm also a Vulcan. And Tilly says, you have the time and space to feel some feelings now. I love feeling feelings. That's great. Uh, you should feel these feelings about uh, Heimlich. And then we see Lorca. He's giving himself some sort of eye drops with a nose trimmer. And he's like a total grouch, uh, like he, like a scowl, scolds the, um, admiral for turning the lights on. And she goes, geez, why don't you get your eyes fixed? Uh, blank side at me. Uh, he goes, well, I'm in avoidance, just like scoots. Uh, and, oh, he goes, thanks for blindsiding me in a strategy session. Uh, then they talk about Gabool. Then she says, WTF with Burnham, uh. Uh, I think I can't read my handwriting. Oh, Gabriel, that's his first name. She goes, that, that, she goes, uh, it's bad for morale and you really don't need any, everybody like, this is where the hints come out. You don't need another reason for people to judge you. And he goes, I have the fullest latitude, you know, to be a hero, my ship, my rules or my way. I don't know. There's a lot of leaks out about him slowly this episode, which, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems kind of interesting. Uh, then we're on a shuttle. Then there's another WTF moment. So they have all of the essential uh, leaders of Starfleet meet on a uh, uh, space station in person where they try to ground to the captain of the only ship they need, but he refuses to listen. Then he gets on a shuttle by himself with one pilot uh, to head back to his ship. Uh, and, of course, the Klingons show up. A D-7 battle cruiser shows up. It catches him in a tractor beam, and then there's just the two of them. But Lorca says, dude, we'll totally outmaneuver these Klingons. Uh, I'm ready to go. And the Klingons are totally like 80s action. They drop on the ship, and the pilot goes to the big farm. And they say, Captain Lorca. And he drops his, uh, like his eye trim, his eye nose trimmer, eye cleaner nose trimmer pen. And he's busted. Uh, then the episode opens with the opening sequence, uh, 
And then we have we're on the bridge, and Saru is talking to the admiral who's on a hologram. Chris Evans is also on the deck. Uh, he says, where? Uh, or something. Like, uh, she says, totally. She goes, here's the situation. We grounded your captain, but he wouldn't listen to us because we know the Klingons want your ship. Uh, uh, so now you got to go get him. And I guess the Klingons aren't even that smart because this isn't even a situation. They're just trying to, like, they should have left Lorca with the Klingons because the Klingons would have been like, okay, wait a second. You've got the character from A Bug's Life and you, uh, then you take spores and also some sort of, uh, like, car assembly arms. Uh, like, that's how you, uh, that's how the spore drive works. And they say, is anybody writing this down? And then all the Klingons would probably faint. They'd be like, okay, wait a second. Let's go through it again. And they say, okay, it's a giant version of Heimlich, though. And he says, correct. Uh, we call him the Tardigrade because uh, he's grade A. Okay. And then, like, uh, the Klingons would be like, never mind. He's, like, obviously he's fooling us. But anyway, back on deck. Uh, uh, she says, go get him anyway, even though it doesn't make any sense. Uh, so Saru says, all right, Chris Evans, keep looking good. Uh, Lieutenant Dentmer, uh, look some stuff up of where we can go. Gives out some more commands, but then his, uh, his cilia or whatever activate his nerve and anxiety cilia. And Burnham shows up. He's all like, why? And then Burnham shows up. He's all like, why? And then, uh. She says, I'm here to see Captain Lorca about Heimlich. He goes, that's not possible. And then at 10.15, you got to see this. He says, Commander Arian, and that's Ventral Bot 2000, who sidesteps, uh, I guess it's not at 10.15. Maybe it wasn't, I missed it. Uh, but Ventral, Ventral Bot 2000 steps out from behind a screen. Here it is, uh, 10.34 on this, uh, by this watch. I just like, I love any scenes with Ventral by 2000. Uh, then they do multiple jumps, uh, and like, uh, or, or no, the, uh, Burnham says you can't do multiple jumps. It'll hurt, uh, Heimlich's feelings. Uh, so they talk in the ready room and she goes, I realize our captain and the entire effort of the war I started is un under, uh, is in trouble. I mean, even for a Vulcan, she kind of seems detached from the situation. And she says, but what about Heimlich? Uh, did I put no concern for the captain, I guess? Uh, what does this say? Big sight redecorate captains, chapter pile, bravery. Oh, this is a, uh, what is this? Like, uh, I think my notes went, uh, but she says, basically, I want Heim Heimlich first. And he's like, no, Captain Lorca first. And he goes, I'm in charge, uh, hit the road. Then we see the self-doubt about, uh, that's kind of like one of Saru's, uh, uh, we see Christopher Pike is one of the most decorated great children's or between author, uh, Christopher Pike is, uh, one of the most decorated captains in Starfleet. So that's good to look forward to. And Saru basically says, computer, can you grade me on how good I am compared to those uh, captains or teach me how to command? And the computer says, it would not be a hero's journey if you didn't do it yourself and learn from your mistakes. Uh, and Saru says, okay, uh, does this, like, uh, do, 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 can this hero's journey involve a dual shaming situation? And the computer says, I cannot compute. Uh, so, uh, like he says, I got to stop second guessing myself. Uh, and uh, I think I put, how did this dude get through? I don't know. Then we see Lorca is in the Klingon ship with a, a character named Harvey Mudd, uh, played by Ryan Wilson or Rain Wilson. Uh, and he does some bits. He's a bit Q-like. Uh, uh, maybe, he, I don't know if he is in the continuum, but he doesn't use any continuum powers yet. Uh, but he does some comedy. It's pretty funny. He's really good. Uh, almost Shakespearean. And so he says, yeah, I, was, uh, I have loved too much. And I bought my, like, uh, love a moon, uh, sweet Stella. And that's why I'm in trouble now. Uh, let's see. He was also wearing seven rings. Uh, 
Uh, there's somebody else there. He says, that person's out to lunch. Uh, then the Klingons show up. He goes, uh, here's the floor show. They say, choose your pun. And he chooses uh, this pun about the big farm in the sky for some other person. And then Lorca says, WTF. He goes, well, I chose uh, wisely. Uh, and then more comes out about Lorca because this Harvey Mudd knows Lorca from so he goes, I, I, he goes, I'm a survivor just like you, Lorca. And I put hint question mark uh, because I was questioning whether it was a hint or not. So yeah, he says, I'm a survivor just like you. So that probably was a hint or actually just uh, uh, obvious. Uh, uh, then post ad, we have uh, Doc and Burnham, and they're talking to Stamets uh, about the store. Sports, like, uh, I know you love your spore drive. Uh, what do you want? Why are you? Question mark. Frontal lobe trouble with Ripper. Let's see. Oh, right now, uh, Harvey Mudd's just talking about how important it is to choose your puns with. Uh, yeah, the Klingons and how everybody should stick with him. So I don't know. Is he a member of the continuum or not? It's a question. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so Stamets, the doctor, and Burnham are talking. And uh, I don't know. They're going back and forth. Uh, a lot of, like, a lot of SHAME going around this. Uh, uh, thing because basically Burnham's trying to say like I got the doctor's approval to protect Heimlich. Uh, who do you care more about, uh, uh, Heimlich or traveling through space? Uh, and Samus goes, "Well, I really like this spore drive. It's just you're cool." Uh, and uh, they say, like the doctor says, "Yeah, but what about its frontal lobe?" Uh, and uh, then they say, then they start to. Uh, uh, they say, oh, what about actual, like maybe actual people could do it or something, uh, they think. And then he goes, uh, he goes, he says something, then he, he and, uh, uh um, Burnham go back and forth, Stam, it's Anthony Rapp, he says, uh, it was your mushroom, you say portobello, I say portobello. And, uh, she goes, he goes, this was your, your idea to do all this. Uh, and she goes, no, 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 it was your idea. And I was like, what in the heck? Uh, then I'm right. Oh, who's right? Or should we fix this? Do you want to be right? Or do you want to fix the situation? Uh, which I think Burnham probably said that, which moved things forward. Oh, yeah, first she comes with the doctor, and she tries, oh, she tries this. She goes, you know, you're so brilliant. Uh, two compliments and then um, constructive criticism. But Anthony Rapp sees right through that. Uh, he goes, I don't care for your Klingon logic. And, I mean, after you see the episode, you kind of make it like, uh, and you know the personal connection the doctor and Anthony Rapp have, it makes more sense. Uh, that, that there's like a little bit of, uh, emotional, um, like weight, extra weight being exerted on Anthony Rapp. Uh, again, I would say maybe unfair, I mean, fairly, uh, depending on like, uh, who you prefer, like you're, you're like Lorca or Heimlich. And I guess uh, you'd say, well, Heimlich is in the here and now where Lorca is somewhere else. So we're more, uh, like Heimlich really is, uh, Oh, I guess Anthony Rapp's the one that says, do you want to be right or do you want to fix it? Uh, then we see uh, Harvey Mudd snoring. And uh, Lorca's looking around. Then a new dude comes in. And he tries to give Laura, Lorca a uh, wheat thin. He says, I got this wheat thin. It's more like those bigger, like a piece of a bigger crispy flatbread they have at like a buffet. Uh, and he, he says, they had a buffet. I snuck it out of there. And Lorca goes, geez, you're like, uh, you, how long you been here? And he goes, I don't know. And he goes, oh, like before the whole bi binary star thing. He goes, I'm tougher than I thought. Uh, and Lorca goes, how many dudes are on this ship? He goes, 30 to 40. And then they go, there's no way we're going to get, he goes, don't worry. I have a ghost ship, uh. Then Harvey Mudd has a little pet named Stuart who steals the wheat thin. 
they go back and forth, uh, and they see, what are you doing stealing our food? And he goes, well, I used to have a life. Your, your war ruined that, yo. I'm so sick of being stuck with, like, dealing with, uh, picking, you know, my life being messed up by, uh, Starfleet. Uh, so we go, we get a, and then Lorca goes out of the room, we, we, like, he chooses his spawn, he chooses to go meet with the, uh, Klingons, uh, then we see a shot of uh, the Discovery, and then we get some hardcore exposition from Stamets, Burnham, and Tilly, uh, and uh, they kind of like uh it like uh is this a part um uh, this part or maybe a part like in two oh yeah no here it was like a pre-show it was exactly like before you go on a ride at disney or universal the pre-show like where they have the characters tell you explain to you like what the ride is going to do uh they lay it out and they just take turns talking they're like okay this there's fungal roots across the universe uh Ripper's DNA, you know, becomes fungus DNA, and then his brain, you know, does a bunch of stuff with the stars. And uh, Tilly is most brilliant because she says, what about a virtual Ripper? Uh, And then Stamus says, well, I tried a software algorithm. It didn't work. Uh, So an animated co-pilot is key. And they say, it's got to be willing, though, I guess. Uh, and Tilly goes, it's so effing cool. I mean, this is a great scene. I mean, it just got played out in the media, too. Uh, and Stamets stares at her, and she goes, sorry. And he goes, no, no, no. It is so effing cool. Let's do this. And, uh, I mean, that's where you see the strength of, uh, like, Tilly and Rap's characters are, uh, the I guess, like, the most... Uh, I don't know, like not relatable to our real humanity. I mean, because Burnham and Lorca are much like real humans. Uh, but uh, Tilly and Anthony Rapp, uh, even though Anthony Rapp's got his progressive, his passive aggressive side, uh, I don't know. They, like uh, they're, they're like a, a little more uh, like a brighter side of humanity. I don't know. He's not really brighter side of humanity, but. Uh, uh, I guess they're slightly more likable. Tilly's totally likable. Uh, but then, let's see, Lorca is meeting with the Klingon, who is descended from spies, uh, Cold War baby. Uh, he goes, well, we all got serious issues on this ship. Uh, he goes, uh, it turns out humans have less uh, internal organs than uh, Klingons. Uh and she goes, hey, let me shine some light on this situation, Captain. I don't like the lights going on. And uh, she goes, glory must be earned through too many lights and too many puns. Uh, and Lorca goes, light makes me grouchy. Here I'm watching the pre-show ride. Samus is saying, hey, Tilly. Uh, and then Burnham's like, okay, we could only achieve small bumps, uh, jumps, uh, and then they say, okay, because it was only a fraction of the capacity until we got the mycelium with an animate co-pilot. Uh, that's the key. Heimlich is a living creature, compatible, compatible species, uh, engage willingly. And that's when Tilly goes, damn, this is cool. And he says, yes, it is. Uh, and Burnham says, let's do it. Uh, okay, so then... Uh, uh, Bridge, oh, uh, Reese, I think, oh, Lieutenant Reese is not, uh, Chris Evans. Lieutenant Reese is another human uh, on the bridge, uh, and, uh, I guess Sar was up there. He goes, yo, let's do this thing. Let's say, cause, oh, Lieutenant Reese says, I found, uh, the captain probably. So then, yeah, Sar says, let's do this thing. And then they say, well, the spore drives offline. And so I was like, what? I told them to be ready to go. Uh, so then we go down to the lab and the three, our lab team's still working. And Saru, I don't think he ro- rolled in quite a, like a, kind of rolled in like a principal at a grammar school. And he goes, yo, WTF, uh, we got to go get our captain, captain, see, like, uh, or maybe not even like our, the, the head of the ship, uh, and they're all like, uh, uh, dude, we're friends with Heimlich, and we've uh, assessed that uh, Heimlich is present on the ship, and so our commitment is more to Heimlich as a sentient being than Lorca and the uh, 
all the protocols of Starship. Uh, and uh, and then, I mean, basically saying, you know, like we're trumping, we're, we're doing our own thinking, even though we're part of Starfleet. Uh, and then they can't go back, back and forth. Uh, Lorca, and then like uh, Heimlich, uh, Lorca, uh, Heimlich. Uh, and then they're like, wait, wait, I think Stamus is like, wait a second, we could like put some mushroom DNA in like a person or something. And, uh, uh, like, I think even, uh, Burnham is like, it, uh, that might work. And then, uh, so I was like, that's eugenics. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he even said, remember when you told the captain about the, uh, Geneva convention, uh, and then he goes, yo, I'm the captain of this ship. Uh, and she goes, listen, you're just projecting. He, he goes, I gave you an order. Uh, and I go, well, this is debatable because, uh, Burnham says, you're projecting on me, uh, Saru. And so we'll both just, uh, do, like, well, let's get back to this dual, dual S-H-A-M-E here. So he goes, okay, well, I'll talk down to you. You talk down to me. He goes, I'll talk down to you. You talk down to me. What does this say? Hellbow? I think someone, like, as someone calls, they say, hello, Captain. We found our Captain, oh, Captain, uh. And then he grounds, uh, uh, he says, go to your quarters, uh, to Burnham. And then Lork is back in the room with Harvey Mudd and the other guy. And Lork goes, I've been running some numbers here. And he goes, I did some tests with what I talked to the Klingons about. Turns out Harvey Mudd's a spy for the Klingons. So Lieutenant Reese, uh, here's Saru on the bridge. She said, Lieutenant Reese is another human on the bridge. Yeah, then uh, the spore drives offline. Yeah, and then we're down at the lab. This is like the whole uh, argument scene. Okay, they're going back and forth. Uh, uh, but yeah, let's just skip ahead. So Lorca and Harvey Mudd, he says, Harvey Mudd's a spy for the Klingons. Uh, and uh, he goes, they tricked you, Harvey Mudd, and your little uh, pet who was holding a bug, like a bu- listening device. Uh, uh, then we have a showdown uh, where he goes, geez, I, like, he goes, listen, Lorca, I'm going to do some backstory for you. Harvey Mudd says this. And he goes, I know you lost, uh, like, everything with uh, when you were a commander of Buran. And I still have to figure out what happened with Picard and his uh, first command. Uh, but this is about Lorca. He goes, you were the only one to get, a, get away from Buran. I think with the Klingons, I don't know, we'll know once the scene starts playing here, but uh, one escapee, and actually Lorca hunches his shoulders. He even has his buddy, his uh, the other Starfleet officer on in, in, in there with him. He puts on a frowny face. He goes, yeah, and then uh, Lorca goes, actually, is it different, the situation? He goes, uh the only reason I got out of there was because I sent my crew to the big farm instead of dealing with the Klingons. Uh, uh, and then his buddy thinks about it. Like, is that a heroic act or a fo- like, uh, okay, here's the Lorca with his pet. Uh, he looks like he has Nikes on. His eyes are bugging him. He goes, oh, I was testing either one of you to be trusted. Uh, I don't know what his words were. I think maybe that I, like, uh, he goes, uh, Stuart, well, that's the name of, uh, Harvey Mudd's pet. He really does love Stuart. And they go, we're going to choose a pun about Harvey Mudd, by the way, buddy. And that's when Harvey Mudd says, oh, yeah, really, Captain Lorca. Uh, he goes, you're an idealist. Uh, Captain Lorca's not. Uh, have you no decency? He goes, that's a trick question because of the, whatever that, uh, but yeah, Lorca says, basically I prefer, you know, keep, keep, uh, you know, keep my crew away from the Klingons. I sent them to the big farm. Yeah, it was the Klingons. Harvey Mudd just confirmed that. So his buddy thinks about it. He says, uh, and, uh, like, uh, then he says, oh, confession's good for the soul. Uh, I think Harvey Mudd says that to Lorca and then their eyes lock, uh, and then we go back to the bridge, and Ventrilobot, uh, is, and they say, let's do this. Uh, 
And they call Stamets. They say, uh, Black Alert, is Heimlich ready? And uh, they say, Heimlich says, no, thank you. I'd prefer not to go. But they say, go anyway. Then I don't know if maybe Burnham has some empathic abilities. They could really use an empath on this, uh, on this, uh, like, it would, would, uh, like they definitely need, they need a count, they need like 45 counselors on this ship. Uh, I mean, they have 140 people, I think, so they probably need about 10. Uh, like, and, but Burnham, she's like lying in bed, but she's exhibiting some empathic abilities for Heimlich. Um, and then Heimlich, uh, he goes into cryptobiosis, or they go into cryptobiosis uh, after the jump. Uh, and that stops the jump. And uh, uh, Saru says, rehydrate that thing now, man. And he says something about running silent to match or somebody. Let's see, they're doing the jump now. Uh, the two dishes are spinning. Oh, we're riding on one of the dishes with the camera. I'm like saying no, thank you, and uh, then okay, uh, sitting on her bed is uh, Burnham saying uh, I'm feeling uh, empathically for this uh, tardigrade. Now Heimlich's going into cryptobiosis. Uh, ship like jumped halfway, it looks like, or maybe jumped all the way. And uh, yeah, they say okay, well that didn't work out. Now the doctor's talking to Saru about the cryptobiosis. Uh, at this point, I guess I feel for Saru because Saru's like, well, what the heck do you want me to do? Uh, yeah, they already jumped, so they're just running silent. Uh, oh, I just saw it, Ventral, about, uh, uh, so match your course and speed. Uh, but if we don't have the um, spore drive, I guess I don't understand this either. Like, why they don't just take on, because it's just one Klingon bird of prey versus their ship. I, I, now, I don't know if they're as big as the Enterprise, but, uh, uh, Saru basically says, get Heimlich together and ready to go for another jump. Uh, otherwise, we're stuck here with these Klingons. And the doctor says, no way, dude. It's a sentient being. And this is here and now. Lorca's right now. And he goes, out like, uh, and Saru has to say, doctor, get it. I'm not talking to you. Stamets, get it done. Uh, then we go back to, and then, uh, Stamets and the doctor share a look, which makes sense at the end. Yeah. Uh, then we're back on the, uh, ship, uh, the Klingons come in and they say to the, like Captain Lorca, they say, Hey, choose the next person that has to come up with an improv pun instantly. And Harvey Mudd goes, Oh no. And then I guess the guy's name's Tyler. The other, he seems like he's going to be a new character. He says, you know what? Choose me. He goes, uh, I've got these big eyes. And uh, he goes, okay, you make up a pun. And Tyler goes, well, I'm not very good at puns. Uh, but then Lorca and Tyler go, ha ha, fooled you. Uh, we we're just going to use that to sneak out. So then they sneak out uh, and they lock the door behind them. And Harvey Mudd says, you're going to leave me here? And they say, you betcha, buddy. You... Uh, you tricked us, we trick you. Never steal a wheat thin from a Starfleet officer. And it's like an action movie. And then, uh, oh, Harvey Mudd says to uh, Tyler, he goes, what, WTF, bro? And Tyler goes, I waited till I found the right man. This is a two-man job. Uh, and Harvey Mudd goes, something about us or we. And they go, there is no we, Mudd. Uh, then there's a lot of action time with a lot of green, like uh, green uh, phasers, uh, like green slime phasers, like squirt guns. Uh, but instead of water, it shoots uh, gr like from uh, you can't do this on television or double dare. Oh, then they escape after all the action. There's like a, a bunch of like a few minutes of action. Then they escape on these ships. At first, I thought it was a peacock. Uh, these little like, going on uh, two-person vessels, uh, uh, maybe uh, reavers. I think they're maybe called. That's what I would have named it. Uh, but, oh, because that's what it looks like from uh, uh, Starcraft. But they do look more like a fish, uh, like with a spiky back. Uh, and then it's interesting because, uh, like, there was there there is some interesting threats. Like, so then we go back to the bridge. Lorca and uh, Tyler are. Flying in the spike ship, uh, 
and there's other uh, Klingon ships in pursuit. And then we're on the bridge, which is a red alert uh, with Saru. And they're like, we got all these Klingon Reavers coming at us, which I don't like. Uh, like, do, should we zap them? And he goes, no, no, no. Like, let's let me think for a second. Uh, and then he watches and he says, oh, wait a second. Uh, he goes, this is a prey predator situation. And he goes, uh, the Klingon or maybe something that like is trying to go like they're chasing it. And then one of the Klingon ships is trying to go on the escape route to go to catch them. But he goes, one ship's flying erratically. That's the one Captain Lork is on. And so then he goes like, Oh, he goes, I saw this in a nature video. <laughs> that's what he says. I mean, that's what I wrote in my notes. Uh, like predator from a nature video. And then he goes, Chris Evans, you call up Captain Lorca. Yeah, and that ship, uh, and they go, yep, that's Lorca here. What up? Uh, get me out of here. And then, uh, they do, they, uh, transport them out. Then, then there was like, with all this, like overruling and stuff, uh, he calls down to Captain Stamps. He goes, are you ready to use Heimlich to jump? Uh, and he goes, we are ready to jump by some manner. Uh, yes. Uh, and he goes, okay, go. And I put, why didn't they stay? Uh, like, I guess like, uh, because this was more about uh, Heimlich and the spore drive. Uh, but then they make it, they made it. Uh, and it, like a lot of people are doing this back padding. And, uh, if someone says there's no place that I'd rather be, and they say, yeah, like, uh, uh, Tyler takes a nap. Um, and everybody's really happy. And then we see Stamets is like tired, overtired, and he throws a fit uh, because he didn't get enough sleep. And uh, they say, What do you mean he didn't get enough sleep? He slept fine. And then they go, No, he turned, he replaced Heimlich in the spore drive. Uh, and they said, Wait a second, he was working in the lab all by himself uh, at a critical moment for the entire ship. Uh, and they go, well, we don't know. Tilly may have been there, but it's unclear. Uh, and they go, Tilly, what happened? And she goes, yeah, he replaced uh, Heimlich. Uh, and then Stamets uh, wakes up and the, the, from his fit. Uh, and he goes, did we make it? And they go, oh, yeah. And he gives the best Anthony Rapp a laugh. Uh, he's in hysterics. And he does get what he wants, I guess, because he's communing with uh, spores now. Uh, then we have the doorbell of uh, Burnham's room, and uh, she says, come on in. And uh, we see Saru, and he says, Lorca's back. Uh, uh, she goes, he goes, Heimlich. Uh, he goes, yeah, she goes, Tilly told me that uh, 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 Stamus replaced her. And she goes, are you, do you really just, like, she goes, what's our deal, basically? Like, uh, she goes, there's a lot of tension on both sides. Uh, and he goes, yeah, I'm uh, PO'd at you and jealous because you got to work side by side uh, with uh, our old commander. And then you started a war, which would have messed up my training. Now I'm like uh, first in command of a ship with not enough experience. Uh, and then you're shaming me for that. And I'm also shaming you for your Vulcan technology or your tech tendencies. And he goes, I just would have liked to work with our commander more, and you could have moved on. And uh, she goes, you did good today, or something. She goes, here's a telescope. Uh, and he goes, wow, uh, this is great. And then he goes, you know, I'm still in command, uh, but I need your help uh, with Heimlich. Go kiss Heimlich goodbye. And then we see Tilly and uh, Burnham, and they're with Heimlich uh, in the sport chamber. And uh, Tilly kind of says a prayer over it or a poem over the thing. Then they say, let's set, let's get this thing covered in spores and set it free in the vacuum space. Because uh, uh, that's going to be totally rad. And then it actually turns out to be totally rad. It was probably, other than when they swore, it was the raddest moment of the episode after they release. Uh, I'm going to look at the timing of it. Uh, it was straight out of a video game. Or like a, like a moniker for a company, like some space age company. 
Yeah, so they feed uh, Heimlich all of the uh, spores. And then they say, totes my goats. And they launch Heimlich into space. And Heimlich, uh, like, says, Heimlich, enter lightning mode with jet power. And then, like, all, like, just like in a game, like, all this lightning goes around Heimlich. Uh, and Heimlich says, prepare uh, spore jets. Uh, prepare to go supersonic. And then, boom, Heimlich goes supersonic. Uh, and it was cool. It was, it was cool. Uh, then we have Saru, Saru by himself, and he's doing his test review. He goes, you remember that test I was supposed to take uh, deleted? Uh, I, I know what I did wrong. He goes, because like, we had a sh- S-H-A-M-E off, and it didn't get us anywhere. And then if I'm like going supersonic wasn't cute enough, we have the doctor and rap, uh, Stamets in PJs, uh, brushing their teeth side by side, uh, with curved black toothbrushes, which, uh, they have still have, they've curved. So they're more advanced with batteries are still the same size. Uh, and, uh, you get the sense that they're in a relationship with one another. And I put young, yeah, there, I put young love. Uh, my only concern was like that, the, um, and their PJs is the, uh, Starfleet insignia metal. As I said, well, that would poke you in bed. It would poke me. It would drive me nuts. Uh, and then if you were like snuggling with someone, it would might poke them. So that was a question. Cause they did look like they were hard metal though. They could have just been like gold, uh, like something soft and gold, but it was just a concern of mine. What did they say? But same size, bad, like, uh, oh, same size batteries. Uh, and then, uh, uh the doctor says, are you okay? Uh, Stamets like, to, like becoming a spore person and, uh, all that. And he says, yes, dear doctor, it's time for bed. And they go off to bed, but except for one weird thing, uh, there's a weird mirror moment, like, uh, where another part of Anthony Rapp's stamina stays in the mirror, uh, like in a slowdown and then leaves after them, which is like totally like a spore slowdown or something. I don't know. And then the episode comes to an end. And so, I mean, the most sleepy thing is just thinking about out there somewhere is Heimlich, uh, able to travel through space at top speeds, uh, so happy. That was really the happiness of Heimlich. Uh, turns out they made the right choice. Uh, and also the potential of Harvey Mudd. And then what is Lorca's backstory? Uh, yeah. And the episode comes to a close. Good night.